0: Canada, A beautiful country steeped in a rich musical history that includes the likes of Adams, Bieber, Young, Buble, Shatner. And yet, we've been snubbed by that European sing-song competition thing you guys lose your shit over. Our generous gift of Celine Dion alone should earn us an invite. And don't give me that crap about Canada not being part of the European family. You let in Australia, and they're barely on the planet. Well, it stops now, Europe. You've awakened a sleeping moose. All the power of our military, legally I have to use air quotes, but traffic cones and affordable health care will be coming at you hard.
1: Welcome to the 320 Club podcast. Why is it called the 320 Club? Well, 420 was already taken and happy hour is happening somewhere else. This episode was recorded on the 12th of May uh, this year and was the last recorded episode before our fairly long hiatus. I'm just looking at my notes here. It says, uh, I am so tired. Had the kids to myself while the wife went away. Pretty sure I watched the Iron Giant three times today. Uh, I guess I guess I was suffering. Um, anyway, it was pretty close to Mother's Day, so there's a little bit of a shout-out there, even though it might sound fairly belated in September. Anyway, you might be wondering why the Ryan Reynolds ad for Eurovision and Deadpool 2 at the beginning of the podcast is there. Well, for this recording, we brought back a very special guest, Jin. We talked about some things that were happening in the UK at the time of recording. We talked about covid as if there was anything else to talk about. And we also talked about Lizzie and the passing of Prince Philip. We finally landed on a topic that is very dear to the heart of gin, and it's uh, about Eurovision, which is where Ryan Reynolds and Celine Dion come in. Anyway, enjoy the episode. I digressed enough. Hopefully we'll get back to a somewhat more normal routine, but more on that later. <laughs> So, how you been, Jen? Haven't talked to you in a while.
2: Yeah, good. Just ten days after my surgery, so I'm still in like my sling. I don't know if you can see my camera yet, but I've got a now, sling okay. with a body.
1: Yeah, it's so starting to up now.
2: I've got a sling and also a body belt, so it goes around my waist as well.
1: What was the surgery for?
2: Uh it's like shoulder reconstruction. Oh jeez. Yeah, because I I basically have like I've had a problem like I've got an issue, like since they think since I was younger, where like the way he explained it is like a ball and socket, and inside the socket you've got like receptors, and mine are baggy, So when the ball moves, they're too late to engage and stabilise the shoulder. So it's like the way he explained it's it like a cricketer stood there with his arms folded, waiting to catch a ball, oh, um, and I think because I did so much swimming, like I was, when I was younger, like one of these nutters that did like four hours a day growing up. They think that that's what basically stabilized my shoulder throughout my sort of like adolescence because it was like doing like four hours of physiotherapy a day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So obviously, like after uni, I sort of wasn't doing as much sport, sort of just, you know, just doing bits and bobs to keep fit. But um, I just gonna and then say, I those-
1: what are you doing? Are you shoulder checking people in rugby or something or what's going on here? <laughs> well, You're
2: I actually not had- playing
1: ice hockey, I know that much. <laughs>
2: So I had a few like instances where I like, kind of slipped, but then I literally, all I did was throw a ball playing rounders. So is like, like baseball. And my shoulder just went with it and fully dislocated my arm.
1: Oh, geez, that's terrible.
2: So I've now got a tear. So the surgeon loves it because it's really interesting because it's two types of problems. Um, yeah, but he's has of like, gone in and fixed it and stuff. But it, weirdly, my shoulder feels amazing now for the fact that I just don't feel it. Huh. Like it just it just feels like my left shoulder like a normal shoulder because before mm-hmm. it just felt so loose and my shoulders dropped a bit and it was weird but now it's just like nice it's just there without feeling horrible like it's going to pop out.
1: Oh, that's good. That's good. Mm. Thank thank goodness for that NHS, eh? <laughs>
2: yeah, I was surprised to be honest that they booked me in because the operation was scheduled for February, and then it got cancelled because they turned the the ward was a green ward so it's covid free and then they had to change it into um, an emergency like intensive care when the sort of numbers started going up um and i was like one of the first ones back in the week that they reopened which is pretty pretty good to be honest i was surprised because it's it is like an elective surgery okay yeah good nhs mm. and it's just mad because it's absolutely free literally just walks in walks out i got all my meds all my physios free so yeah,
1: depending free on kids. how you look at it yeah sure <laughs> true 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 but <laughs> nothing's
0: free <laughs> as whiskey would say it all comes it all comes out of taxes but i mean it, it's it's it better feels. than having. It's better than having to have an nest egg saved up for an unforeseen circumstance, like the Americans have to do. One hundred percent.
2: Then my, so, my salary is paid out of taxes, so it swings around about, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yes, it does. Every time I file my taxes in April, which I know is a thing that you guys in Europe don't have. Well, sorry, former Europe don't have to do. Uh, but <laughs> every time I go through like the mathematics of what I owe the government and they know exactly because if I get it wrong they'll send me to prison but I still have to go through the exercise of proving I know maths I guess Really? Just, even if I you have,
2: have them, an employer
0: I owed them $132.17 this year yeah. I have one oh. income how did they fuck this up oh, well, that's math I can't, they I expect can't you to, to do, do the math
1: but yeah <clears throat> They expect it you to sense. do the math, so but control, when they fuck it up. And
0: the reason we have this kind of weird ta- – and I can't remember the name of it right now. It's a tax system. But the reason we have it is because, <clears throat> you know, in 19-diggity-two, uh, the government couldn't keep track of how many pigs Farmer Mike sold to Farmer John. Like there was no possible way they could, they could know that. And then we've just kind of lived with this system of declaring your own taxes and your own income every year because the Americans do. And we've just kind of stuck with it too. Despite the fact in the United States, there's been since about the 80s, every couple of years somebody puts forth a bill to to do what you guys do in Europe, where it's like the it's like a a, a, in former Europe, it's like a real quick uh, process, but um, it it gets blocked by the entire industry of H and R Block and all these tax people that have grown up around this Byzantine bureaucratic <laughs> system that we use that they that, that lobbied the US government to block it and then because the Americans do it and we've just always kind of done it we just do it because it'd be impolite to say something so it's against our nature as Canadians does uh, that mean that
2: does that not mean they miss out on a lot more tax
0: um, well, where they do miss out on tax is a weird one that I never understood. So in this country, we have minimum wage, um, but then servers like waitresses and stuff uh, and, and don't have they don't make they make a different minimum wage because of the tipping thing here where you have to tip 15 percent. Otherwise, you're, you're going to get spit your food spit in. Now, it's going up 18, 20 percent. Um, so the tipping cultures become so prevalent that they actually pay waitresses less, or servers, sorry, waiters as well. They pay them less on their minimum wage because they know that difference will be made up by tips, which technically they have to declare to taxes, but I don't understand how the how the government's let this racket go on for so long because they know that they're not getting their cut properly. They have to. The government's not that stupid. Well, now, yeah, I definitely, why don't especially say, those, no, you
1: especially must especially those servers money. who... Sorry, sorry. Uh, yeah, especially those servers who... Uh, uh, work in like high metropolitan areas like toronto where you're getting paid mad bank especially by uh you know wealthy bankers and people in financial districts and all that kind of stuff so
0: or the particular type of servers who uh you know don't serve food so much as entertainment on a stage at <laughs> two in the morning <laughs>
1: We're a family show, Cognac. <laughs> <laughs> <I hate it. laughs> if
0: you're old enough to get it, you get it. <laughs> yes, yes, yes.
2: Um, people that are self-employed here still have to do their taxes each year. So yeah. I'd assume that those types of servers would still have to do that. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's quite good. Like we, The employer will just sort it out for us. So the, like the first month that you you're like in your job they'll just take the money out and my student loan also goes out straight away which is quite good um i mean sometimes they mess it up like if they don't know what tax band you should be on they just put you onto emergency tax so they don't give you the benefit of doubt they go for like the biggest biggest banding but apart from that it's pretty good to be honest
0: the big issue we have is moving between provinces so different provinces have different tax rates so when i moved from ontario to quebec a couple of years ago because I moved in October, the way the tax system works, wherever you lived on December 31st of that year, you lived there the whole damn year. Doesn't matter if you moved December 30th. And because the tax rate in Quebec from Quebec to Ontario is about a 14 percent difference, I ended up having to cut a check to the government of Quebec for twelve thousand dollars for the privilege of not going to prison because I moved partway through the year.
2: And do you guys have to pay like a sort of? We have to pay like a, it's called council tax. So we pay like our sort of tax, to like the main government um, out of our pay packet. And then we have to like manually pay our like council tax, which is like our local area. And that pays for things like- Oh, property tax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's based on like um, the property value, like 30 years ago. So in London, it's really, really mismatched because like a lot of properties didn't exist then or they've been turned into flats and things. So, some like a, a council tax in one borough for the same flat could be like half the price of another. It's really disproportionate.
0: They come around every, <laughs> I just had the people from the city come around last year. They come around every few years to reevaluate the, but that's only if you own a house. I think if you rent, I don't remember ever paying property taxes as a renter. I think the landlord has to pay it.
1: Yeah, it's called MPAC. It's like a municipal property assessment. And what they do is they come by once a year and they just assess your property. It's like basically an appraisal and they tell you what your property is worth. Mm
2: -hmm. Essentially,
1: based on not not on the actual value of the property itself, but on the taxed value of the property.
0: But then here in Quebec, we also have the Commission Scalao, which is. Um, your property taxes So in Ontario Your property taxes If you own a home Don't cover your sewage Or water bill mm-hmm. That's a different thing you pay mm-hmm. But here in Quebec Your property taxes Cover your sewage and water But they don't cover Your school taxes So you get a bill From the Commission Scala For uh, you know $300 every couple months To pay for schools That haven't been open All bloody year Because there's a pandemic But we still have to pay for it <laughs> Yeah Yeah, different provinces do things differently.
1: Well, it's not even just different provinces. It's different municipalities. They do it uh, like um, like I know Kingston does. uh, You basically you either do hydro one or you can go in Kingston utilities, which is uh, like all encompassing. Um, Or if you're up where I'm at near Pembroke, uh, you don't pay for water. Um, but you do have to pay for electrical and all that kind of stuff. I don't know how that works. Belleville
0: also, so garbage collection is different too, because like, where my dad lives in Ottawa, he can put out a garbage bag every week, and then every bag after that he has to pay two dollars and fifty cents and put a little tag on it every yeah, week. Yeah, that's but right. Where I lived near Belleville, you have to pay two dollars and fifty cents for every bag that you put out. But here in Quebec City, I can put out as much. I have a big fucked off been like near as tall as i am and i can fill that all i want and no questions asked carry on mate you know it, it's every <laughs> municipality does it differently it's weird yeah 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 well, i feel bad I about,
2: think it, about tax it's interesting for me what you guys do but probably not for listeners to be honest
1: i'm I'm surprised that you are you are more than willing at one thirty in the morning to be talking about tax laws
0: and tax. <laughs> <laughs>
1: she,
0: she doesn't wanna be, but much like a Briton in a queue, she has to sit there politely and pretend she wants to be here. <laughs> That's awesome. No,
1: I was just saying because, like I was telling Cognac earlier, just I'm I'm fucking exhausted. I am so tired. Um, and it's mostly because uh, I've got the kids for uh, the next uh, 24 hours or so. Uh, the wife had to go uh, back home to go and deal with a kind of a family matter, and so I'm the one on the hook watching the kids. I don't know how she did it for like basically six months on her own, um, when I was away, and yeah, it was uh, like. The first night, it was fine. I was like, I've got everything under control. Everything's good. Kids are fed. Got them in bed. Read them books. Read them stories. All kinds of stuff. Tonight, I'm just like, okay, how how much longer before I can start pouring some whiskey? <laughs> I'm just sitting here just like, this is not sustainable. You cannot keep doing this. And, like, she, still, she owns a small business, right? She still has to keep going after 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock at night. Once the kids are down, she still has to get orders out to customers for her small business. So, like, I have like this is I I I'll include it here now. Like, this is kind of like my belated Mother's Day post. But holy shit, like I have no idea how she does it. So kudos to her.
0: I don't. I I feel like it comes to small children, their own small children. From what I've seen at a distance, because kids are sticky and smell funny, and I don't want them anywhere near me. But what I've seen at a distance is the the mothers have an infinite reserve of patience when it comes to things. Mm. And I remember this growing up. My mom would be like, my dad would. I mean, even when he was home, he'd be around, but he was always doing something. And yes. like, if we were in the way, he'd get frustrated pretty quick. And then my mom would come get us. You know. Yep, I can I can
1: feel that sentiment. Like I I can feel that that could be a a theme in our marriage (laughs) um but i gotta be cognizant of that and not turn into a dickhead and you know actually be a dad and show up that kind of thing um yeah okay so how are things going in uh in jolly old england what are we okay before we get into that what are we drinking here well
2: I've had surgery 10 days ago and it's currently 1 36 in the morning. I am currently well, I just had a juice because I'm so rock and roll, and I have a 7 up free because nice. I probably shouldn't be drinking. So I'm trying to be good. I'm trying to be good because I've still got like four massive like wound holes in my shoulder.
1: Good decision. Um, That's a good decision. Uh, cognac, you're eating spaghetti
0: and, and meatballs. Yeah. I ended up making dinner a bit late, so with my spaghetti and meatballs, I'm drinking a nice 2018 Italian Chianti. Ooh, look at you. Ooh. I decided. I,
2: to,
0: I decided to go, uh,
1: you know, in favor of independence from our Commonwealth overlords. I decided to go with a nice scotch, so. <sighs> Semi-independence. Semi-independence, that's right. We are I was,
2: was tempted though to get some of this What's that? I can't pronounce it you'll, Cognac, you'll have to pronounce it I have no idea how you say that
0: I can't see it yet, your camera kind of lags on this side Is yeah, it the, the, sh- the maple stuff I sent you? Oh, Gros Yeah de Bois. Okay, so last we spoke I promised Canadian Care Pack It's still in the works of getting done It has been an absolute nightmare of trying to acquire anything or post anything in this province because of various different lockdowns. So yeah. Um as soon as I'm able, I will get you a refill on that. Um just remind me, do you have the cream version or the whiskey version?
2: Whiskey. Whiskey. But you don't need to send me anything. But yeah, I've got packages for you guys as well because I've got the exclusive EU uh materials for your kitties. Um, but, yeah, I just haven't sent them. Every time I go to the post office, in true British style, because of the distancing, there is a queue that goes down, like, the whole, whole road. It's mad. Oh, it's, like, the longest queue. So I might try and – now I'm allowed out after my surgery. I might try and go in the day.
0: Why is that? Why Why is it, like, why it are the line so long? It might so be long? shorter now that the pubs are open for the patios. Everyone will be there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> why, why are, are the lines
2: my theory is that so our pubs opened um after lockdown about two weeks ago. You can sit in the garden and everyone has like packages of like returns. So I think everyone's been like, oh shit, like the pubs are open, it needs to get closed because everyone's been living in like loungewear for the last year. And then they've all got all these clothes to take back. So they all are sort of in the queue of big packages to return.
1: I see. Well, you were sending us funny, Konyak, you mentioned the, uh, the lineup for pubs and stuff. It's funny. You were sending us pictures there, Jin, about, uh, people going to pubs in the rain now that that that's been, uh, what is it? It's been completely like that lockdown has been.
2: So oh, we have a, mush, like, sorry.
1: <laughs> so,
2: so Boris is calling it a road, uh, like a future roadmap. So, uh, three weeks ago or two weeks ago, they this like doing it step by step. So, they made um, it so that you could go to the pub, but you can only sit outside and in a maximum of a table of six. So, it's great in theory, but in the UK, we literally, the first weekend was really nice, it was super sunny and it was really nice. And then, like the next two days, it was snowing and raining, but people were still sat outside. Like the principle of going to the pub. British people are obsessed, I swear. So there's so many photos of just people sat on these, like, sort of, like, pub benches just in the hammering rain, just, like, under, like, measly little umbrellas just with their pint in hand. But isn't but that just, yeah, but I don't know. It's, like, as well, like, if you remember when we, we had some, um, like, a terrorist attack in London Bridge? And the guy and the, was, like,
0: ran away with his pint?
2: Yeah, so everyone's actually running away. There's this guy, they're like, they're like, don't spill a drop. He's just like yeah. running down the road with his pipe.
1: <laughs> I do remember that. That was pretty good. Oh. Uh, yeah. So so what's uh what's what's new? What's what's of concern? Um like what when, when was the last time we talked? Like last April? Not last like Uh-oh. a year it's been a year ago. The summertime. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's fair.
2: Yeah, so we We're doing well over the summer in terms of like COVID. And then it got to the autumn and things started getting a bit sketchy again. And Boris promised us all that we could have this five days over Christmas of like a bubble. So you could go and visit your family. And then like then I think two days before Christmas or three days before Christmas. I think it was like on the Saturday morning. Basically just before all the Londoners were about to travel home to their families. He put London and some other areas on lockdown again. So all the families have basically bought all their like massive turkeys for like Christmas and stuff, expecting their families to be able to come home. And then different bits of the country got put on lockdown. So I've basically been on lockdown, I think, since October and it Mm -hmm. started easing. But things are looking good now. Like I was looking at the stats and 67.8 percent of people have had their first dose here of their vaccine of the the adult population. And 35% have had their second dose. And we're now in England down to if you're 38 and over, you're now allowed to start booking for your for your vaccine, which is pretty good. So they're sort of rolling through. But I was going to ask you guys, how is your government sequencing, sequencing the vaccines? Because they took a decision here to give the first dose and delay by 12, well, do by 12 weeks between the doses. Because their like, theory was that, They wanted to get more people with one dose to try and stop deaths in hospitals.
0: So that's basically what we've done here in Quebec. So in Quebec, the only people that have gotten their second doses so far are first responders, medical staff, and it was actually confirmed yesterday that all our long term care facility residents have received their second dose. Um, Other than that, there was the government decided to pump out as many first doses as possible. Um, But it kind of confusingly, like it went from five weeks initially, 28 days initially to five weeks to five months now, in some cases, before you can get your second. Like my grandfather is 96 years old. He hasn't received his second dose because he doesn't live in a long-term care facility. Um, It's, it's a bit weird They've, they we get, we have a pretty high, we're approaching about 4 million of Quebec. So that's approaching 50% of the population of Quebec has received their first dose. But like, you know, like 150,000 have gotten their second. Like we're, we're pumping the first doses into everybody. And it's caused a bit of an issue here because there was a case in the news where a woman got her first dose and then got COVID like a month and a half later. And everyone's like, oh, the vaccines, but, you know, like just people on the fire of the idiots. Um, Yes. But yeah, it's it's, so that's what we're doing is what we're approaching. Canada is nestled nicely. Last I checked, which is about a week ago, we were nestled nicely at about 59th in the world, right between Serbia and Albania uh, (laughs) for uh, for our vaccination rates. So, you know, that's grand. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Well, a lot I mean, of- not- the United States has donated vaccines to us. Thanks, America. Appreciate that.
2: I mean, I'm not an expert at all in this, but it seems to be sort of making a big difference. Like, if you look at our graphs, like since the vaccine has been pumped out, it's gone right, right down. Like the We're last
0: spike. We're in a spike right now, here, Jin. Uh, we've gone back into lockdown. So we went into lockdown in October for the second wave, mm-hmm. for 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 four weeks that ended in February. Uh, and then it was ended for about three and a half weeks, maybe a month, and then it was slammed right back down. Ontario went up to over 4,000 cases a day. Yeah, We were at around 1,500 cases a day. Uh, Because of the UK and South African variants, I don't think we've had any of the Brazilian variant here, but we're starting to get the Indian variant. So, like, we've been back on the spikes. We're back in a lockdown, like hard lockdown. We're in our third wave right now. So the vaccines didn't really help. And at this point, the people are getting quite frustrated because, you know, 14 months ago, they were told 14 days to flatten the curve. And they've been staying home and they've been listening to all the... Things and the government hasn't held up its end in many people's minds, so people are beginning to get frustrated. And I don't think with the with the thawing of the snow, you know, last week and this, um, I don't think uh, people are going to be staying inside much longer. I think it's just gonna they're gonna burst forth from their homes, and I and I'm not sure what the government is going to be able to do about it
1: yeah i don't know it's uh it's gonna be a little bit sketchy man
0: i have no idea real fast yeah because we haven't vaccinated near fast enough so our our federal government made the genius decision uh, near the end of last year to sign a massive vaccine uh the 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 kind of the needles that the vaccine goes into they signed a contract with china canada has been in a diplomatic dispute with china for the last eight months to a year so right Kind of at the time vaccines were being delivered, the Chinese government shut down that contract. So that's why we can't get anything done here.
2: Um, One of the biggest there's further issues where we
0: had our own vaccine industry a decade ago, but they closed it down. Not the current sitting government, the previous government. Again, a lot of people are saying, "Oh, that was short sighted." But these were also the same people asking why we're paying you know X billion dollars a year for something we don't really need yeah um, just can't can't keep people happy and you can't predict That's right
1: everything they, they think on the fly they they always are quick to criticize and never to yeah. actually think critically
2: yeah i mean one of the big discussions here is what do we do with our extra vaccines obviously like the supply at the moment is coming in as as we get it but like the uk is od- over ordered i think like double the amount so i think the dis- like there's lots of sort of pressure in the the news of like getting the government to like commit to supporting other countries because obviously it's in everyone's interest because of the variants but I mean what's happening in India is absolutely devastating that like we have um, yeah. we have like a major major like sort of British Indian population so people that have got like first, second, third generation that have got family still there and things and it's just it's really upsetting
1: well you really guys upsetting. got
0: a real stake in it too right like that's crazy yeah it's it. Um, Mr. Trudeau has come under criticism for uh, saying recently that by October we'll have four times the vaccinations we need. To which everyone says, "Okay, like why?" Um, and it's basically so that well, they, we needed it yesterday. Yeah, but also so they can turn around and magnanimously give it out to other countries. But. You know, WHO has a program in place to vaccinate the poorer countries in the world that can't afford them. Um, and um, our government's come under criticism for taking uh, their available vaccines for us to then turn around and make political gains by donating them later. Um, but yeah, what's going on in India with the Indian variant is just, it reminds me of, you know, this time last, not even quite this time last year, maybe three weeks ago last year, uh in italy when uh, when the army was moving bodies to the south because the north of italy that was hit really bad i believe and that's there right. were moving bodies around to the south uh yeah india it's uh that is not going well and was that, that was, had, that was and a real scare Palestine going at each other again that's yeah. like yeah yeah the
1: gaza strip is being lit up again um i actually don't know very much of what's going on with india To like to be brutally honest with you and and forgive my uh, forgive my ignorance on the whole matter like I but the one you put it in those terms about how, you know, similar with what we saw with Italy last year, that does put a bit of a frame on it because that was terrifying. We were seeing images of people like old people being just loaded by, you know, like by military truck. Yeah that like when the military gets involved and starts loading bodies, that's when it's time to start shitting your pants. Like,
2: yeah. But I mean, you have to think about India though. It's like, they have some of the most densely populated cities like in the world. Um, and true. just by the very nature and also like culturally as well. Like, they, they've, they've been doing investigations here because a, a lot of um, like Brazilian families here, they tend to live with lots of generations of their family together. Mm-hmm. So they tend to live in big households as well, which is yeah, obviously yeah. That it's transmissible, especially when we've got people going out to work and things. But I, I'm no expert at all. I'm trying to follow the news as much as I can. I think one of the biggest problems is the, the lack of oxygen that they have there. So people are basically just sort of, I don't know how you say it, like they just can't breathe and they it's just, they can't, they don't have enough, yeah, they're suffocating. They just don't have enough oxygen
0: at all in the country
2: together.
0: It was in the news yesterday. Uh, two of our Air Force planes took off loaded with oxygen and, and ventilators for India. Wow. Whew, that's pretty heavy. Jeez. And you know, when like Air Canada is struggling for money, the government can't even wait for them. They, they make the Air Force do it. That means it's needed you know, yesterday.
2: That's right. Yeah. Hmm. And We had some other COVID news today as well. Like, Sorry to go off topic from India, but today it got announced that um, Boris has announced that we're going to have a proper full public inquiry into COVID and how it's been managed. Oh, really? Yeah, it's pretty serious. That's an interesting
0: precedent because that means there's going to be call for that here and basically around the world. Are we talking about how
1: it's being managed, or how, or are we are they including investigations and in how it started, or is that a separate it's
2: more, issue? It's more into the government's handling. So in the UK, there's like a Inquiries Act where things of major sort of public interest can have like an independent sort of like hearing, so they okay. can look at lots of all the documents, scrutinise everything, call in people to speak, and do like a full investigation into like into it. Um, but yeah it's, a big no, it's like a self process. audit almost yeah but it's a serious process I mean it won't happen probably I think they're indicating till next spring because obviously they can't do that while well. they're still managing the pandemic but so, so, yeah. it, it will be yeah. interesting politically because Boris like last March you think he was going around telling people to shake hands and that yeah so he's probably going to be really nervous well. about <laughs> it well, <laughs> but, um, I shook hands
0: with everybody and everybody was quite glad to see you. I shook all the hands yeah.
2: I mean, today he said that they will look at the events in the cold light of day to learn what what could have been done better and, and make sure they take it forward for any future pandemic and learning. But, yeah, it, it will be interesting because they, they tend to have, like, an independent person, like, leading the inquiry.
0: Mm.
2: But yeah, interesting. I hope, we'll
0: do, I hope we'll do the same. I doubt we will because after next year is an election year and the government won't want that on them. Um, I just hope... And I don't think Canadian politics are mature enough for it, but I would hope that there could be an independent inquiry conducted that doesn't become a partisan political mudslinging event, which I don't think we're capable of in this No, we're not.
1: We've been too too influenced by American politics for that to be the case, for us to be actually mature about it,
0: unfortunately. It's something that should definitely be looked into because, and it's something I know the army is currently doing in in uh, the united states i think they're looking into just as a as a strategic like study on on what happens um it's something that could definitely be looked into maturely but i just don't think we'll be able to do that it'll I mean, all be just blame being slung everywhere and it'll that, descend right. into a nightmare and no sitting government's gonna risk that the only way I'm you can do it was- oh go ahead go ahead Jin.
1: No, I
2: was gonna say like don't get me wrong. This will be used politically, like because this will yes. be a, like all this will be put out publicly, and the you know opposing parties will definitely go to Our their si- full advantage on it. But I think the, the the journalists are saying today, it's like makes sense. They, they you simply can't have the most serious pandemic and not have an inquiry into how, how it is managed.
0: Our sitting government got away for for two years, um, so. I doubt you follow Canadian politics. Is why would you? What goes on in the colonies is of little importance to the crown. But um, <laughs> the, the um, our government has used the shutdown due to the pandemic to pass multiple bills that never. They're a minority government right now, and they've been passing multiple bills on various subjects, uh, be it gun control, be it um, an attempt at um, internet regulation. Most recently, um, they've shut down inquiries into corruption scandals um, with awarding contracts to companies that employ the wife and mother of the prime minister, um, and, and have in the past paid him vast speaking fees. The government's kind of at a point where it, it's they're they're almost transparently abusing their emergency measures right now, and it's it's become of some concern here in Canada. Yeah. Um, because they're very much on the we are right and everyone else, else is wrong page. Um, and, and you know, it, it's coming into, you know, uh, the, the Internet bill, for example, is all about uh, the government being able to decide uh, to shut down, basically hold, we have CRTC, the Canadian Regulatory Transmit Commission, it's, it's it's the people that monitor all our TV and radio and everything that, that make sure everything's um, legit and this bill was actually intending to pass that anything on social media and the internet be subject to CRTC laws as well um, which the former head of the CRTC called the the greatest attack on democracy he'd ever heard of um, you know they were reserving the right to shut down anything for objectionable content yeah um, it, it, it very much seems to be, A little bit of case, the case of sniffing their own farts uh, and believing they're always right. Um, And it's causing concern here. Uh, I think what's actually happening is they're politically they're trying to goad the opposition government into calling an early election. Uh, which historically in Canada never goes well for the party that calls said election. They almost always lose in a landslide. So I don't think an inquiry is likely out of this government. I don't think the opposition government calling it is likely because they don't want to antagonize the sitting government. And Uh, they also don't want to have to hand over a pandemic
1: crisis in the middle of a pandemic.
0: Well, I'm sure our Conservative Party would love to take it on. Yeah. Yeah. Because they'll be it on in the already solved, you know, like and, and, and all, all, like, I don't want to discredit Mr. Trudeau and his government too much. I mean, like, nobody was prepared for this. Mr. Johnson right. wasn't prepared. Mr. Trump wasn't prepared. As much as we might not like these people uh, and their politics, they were not, nobody in the entire world was prepared for this. Um, New Zealand dealt with it pretty well. Um, but we can't forget that New Zealand's an island in the middle of fucking nowhere. Like it's and, middle earth. Like yes. it, it, it's pretty easy to control. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't wish a global pandemic on any politician I dislike because it's just so unprecedented, right,
1: right. which is uh, to your point. Like what I find fascinating is the fact that this is a situation that did not need to be politicized. And yet every every country, every entity especially in the West politicized
0: it we just couldn't help ourselves we just couldn't help ourselves
1: it's insane it's crazy like we could have had adult conversations about okay so where is this what what was the actual cause of this virus no we started turning into anti-asian uh, sentiments and like uh, and Asian American hatred and all that kind of stuff They're, like we turned to Ooh. we turned to bullshit things like that it, it's assumed that it's happening basically everywhere because that's just human nature like that's it's pathological that's how that's how we that's how we've evolved right as a species it's not a, it's not one of the more um it's not one of the more good parts about being a human being but it is just how we've evolved we've just learned to associate something some group of people with the other And then we create factions around that and then just say, "Okay, kill or isolate or, you know, get them away from us because uh, they are the cause of all of our problems. And um, that, unfortunately, uh, has no place in civilized society if we are to be adults about this conversation. And that's that. That's that. I'll leave I'll leave that at that. That's uh, that's neither here. But like back to the point of how like Despite the fact that this pandemic did not need to be politicized, it was still politicized like one hundred and ten percent immediately and every day it's been politicized. It's crazy.
0: It was immediately. So I don't know about in the UK, but here it was immediately when uh, in February uh, the Liberal government evacuated uh, Canadian citizens from China back to Canada. Uh, and then quarantined them and did all the appropriate measures. But that was already a problem. Like The Air yes. Force went and brought them back. And then they sent PPE to China when people were dying in droves. And I get it. We're in a diplomatic spat with China. But at the same time, like we're the West and we're supposed to be the, the humanitarians of the world. Um, so, yeah, they sent PPE to China. And then it hit us. And it was like, oh, how could you have not foreseen this coming? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, who else here was? And then the stock market Like, who else here was betting on global pandemic? Anybody? No, because mm-hmm. we were so arrogant that we think that with our with our modern mer- medical system, we're invincible and and things just don't kill us. You know, my grandfather, he's never been concerned about it because he grew up in like kids died of polio. Like he didn't. Yeah. You know, <laughs> he's like, yeah, this happens. Things come around and kill a bunch of people. You know, the man was like 19- twenties. Go ahead, Jen.
2: No, just saying, we've had the the joyous combination of pandemic and Brexit. <laughs> yeah,
0: that was that's that's a juggling
1: act I wouldn't. Wish that out. that is that was actually something I was going to try and segue into, oh. but you did it beautifully.
2: No, um, I was gonna, I, I was just gonna mention it earlier as well because you know when you're like, no government that's sitting would call an early election, let alone in a crisis. And I was like, oh joy, our conservative <laughs> government called an election while in the middle of
0: negotiating Brexit. <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> yeah it's true it's so true well actually we had our last federal election before NAFTA the new NAFTA was sorted out did we was it that I yeah, guess it Ms, was during Ms, that Ms, time. Ms. Freeland finished negotiations after the most recent federal election
1: oh yeah that's fair that's fair
0: um, no, but that's, that's not that... literally trying to sail yourself 100 miles off the coast of Europe like yes. Brexit was um
1: no but it's funny you, you keep bringing back that point there cognac of the yeah it's like you Europeans I'm sorry former Europeans <laughs>
2: <laughs> because our well, island's is just drifting there, away in the ocean somewhere <laughs> I,
0: I know that Jin is a remainer because she understands how an economy works and just. but there are a lot of uh, levers that might be listening and I don't want to offend them Unless they listen to well, that last as I said.
2: Well, we've left now, so it's done, isn't it? <laughs> are, 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 old, you just,
0: <laughs> are you guys yet a race from the Euro? I sent I sent Jen a, a meme a while ago. It's like, I fixed my British pound note. And, like, someone drew an X over uh, over a Euro note that has Europe and drew an X over England.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the only awesome. I realize is, like, my passport expires. I don't have a passport now, and I realize when I get my new one, it's going to be the... British, the British blue passport instead of the nice red European Union one.
0: Mm. You'll be back Which to the same bad. passports we have. Ours are blue. Yeah. Yeah. Probably because we, like in in like 1875, someone tried to leave the colonies to go to England for something and they're like, Where's your passport? They're like, What's a passport? They're like, It's this thing. You're like, Oh, I'm going to have to tell everyone at home. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a oh. blue book it lets you go places
1: <laughs> the best
2: thing is like they were kicking off about that because they were like oh we need to get our passports back our blue british passport and then the government like contracted i think it was like either a french or polish company to make the passports i can't remember where but it was somewhere else in europe to make them <laughs> just like yeah brexit making all these british jobs that you're offshoring the creation of our passports but no it kicked off last week though i don't know if you, you well you would not have seen this in your news, but you know in um, the south of uh, England there's islands near, uh, well it's basically off the coast of France, but there's like um, islands yeah. like Guernsey and Jersey yeah. the government sent the navy in because there's like a dispute around uh, so those islands oh, the are fish the fish thing, yeah, so they're overseas France. territories, so they're kind of crown are they crown dependent, yeah, they're overseas territories so they're not part of the UK, but they're like associated to the UK as so they're like, they're, they're in the yeah. same
0: kind of general category as like the Falklands and stuff. Right.
2: Yeah, yeah. 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 So, but then they had, it's from, I think it's Guernsey. They are the ones that issue the permits for who can do the fishing in that area. And they're really, really slow processing them. And the French fishermen were like kicking off and like protesting and like blockading their Harbor and stuff. And for some reason, like I don't know if it's a political thing, just to be shown that we're doing it. They send the navy over.
0: So this is this is funny, and I, I remember seeing that and I laughed because in nineteen ninety-four or ninety-five, little known fact about Canada, we had what was called the turbot wars with Spain, of all people. And it was it was off the coast of Newfoundland. I guess turbot's a type of fish. I don't fucking know. Maybe. Um, and I guess Spanish people liked them because they were out there fishing. But, like, illegally fishing in Canadian waters because of, a, like, a I guess a distance dispute on what constituted Canadian waters and international waters. So these Spanish fishermen were, like, and the na- our Navy went, like, all, all three of us, our Navy went to, like, respond to it. And it ended actually in bloodshed. The turbot wars ended with uh, a Spanish fishing vessel trying to run the Canadian Navy blockade and the Royal Canadian Navy sinking that ship. Um, and then the government of Spain, like, I guess, I don't know, recalled their fishermen as if it's a government program. Like, I guess they just told everybody, like, no, you can't do that. But yeah, we had, we had like exactly what's going on between France and Britain right now around Guernsey happened to us in the mid 90s with the turbot wars the only thing that's really funny about it going on between france and 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 britain is that like a hundred years ago you guys were deciding who owned the entire world and now you're fighting over <laughs> fish around an island in the middle of the english channel <laughs> oh we need the falkland correct?
1: islands for strategic sheep
0: purposes <laughs> Penguins, <laughs> i
1: realized i messed up
2: i got the wrong island it's jersey not guernsey is it jersey? Okay. But, yeah, you, all,
0: all those yeah. islands yeah
2: But they dispatched the Navy ships and some people think that it's because it was a week before elections and it looked good to do that. So we had like...
0: Horace is probably trying to take a page off uh, old Maggie Thatcher's book with the Empire Strikes Back, Time Magazine. (laughs) When they were all steaming for the... That was literally the cover of Time Magazine when they were steaming for the Falklands. There was a picture of the carrier group saying the Empire Strikes Back. No way. It was like the best bit of journalism I'd ever seen.
1: I'm going to look that up. Uh, so how does it feel, Jin, to be separate?
2: In all honesty, because of COVID, I don't think we'll, the sort of like Joe Blog's public will realize the true sort of implications of it, unless you're sort of running a business. Because obviously people can't travel. But I think as soon as people are allowed to travel and then, they're trying to go on their, like, cheap holidays to Spain and eat their English breakfast on the beach and drink British beer in Benidorm or wherever people go. <laughs> I think then people will start realising the implication. No. Majorca. is or-
0: more you German. Guys to, you guys all go to Cyprus and Crete, don't you?
2: Well, they're, like, sort of, like... Oh, I don't want to be mean, but, like, the chavy places to go. Do you know the word chavy? Yeah? Yeah,
0: chavvy like, yeah. Uh, chavvy, uh uh rocks chavi is like slightly douchebaggy slutty kind of frat boy university slash the type of girls that hang around with frat boy university oh so like birmingham (laughs) Uh, birmingham birmingham has direct flights to islamabad they're basically the exact opposite of chavi oh okay 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 more like more like the geordies like newcastle ah
1: okay that that yeah. perfectly frames it for me. <laughs> but
2: uh, I'd say it's probably like Benidorm in Spain, uh, maybe like Kavos and like Xanti there in like Greece.
0: Any anywhere that German tourists haven't found, so they can just put their towel on a lounger and annex it <laughs> for the entire week.
2: Yeah, so is where do. the Germans go. In Mallorca they have German like a German strip and then also like a British strip where like all the bars and stuff are, it's kind of a bit separate. It's quite funny. But yeah, I don't think until people start traveling, they'll realize the implications. I mean, there was news stories of um, lorry drivers kicking off because their ham sandwiches got taken off them when they arrived in the Netherlands. <laughs> and they were all kicking off about that. Um, and obviously the, the fishing, but it is going to be interesting what happens in Northern Ireland, because that's not looking yeah, good. Yeah,
0: that, that's going to be a problem. I, I, was, I was going to make a flippant joke about the truckers earning it, because they probably all voted to leave anyway. Um, that's kind of the the, the the type of... I remember watching a John Oliver bit when Brexit was first voted in, and he, he was interviewing this like... Or no, he was watching an interview with like a florist, like a guy that has flowers... And he was saying how it's it's going to be a problem because, like, they're predicting a six-day delay at the border and, like, people want flowers, you know, alive, um, not dead in a truck waiting for inspection. And the interviewer was like, well, I assume you voted to, to stay in the EU then. And he's like, no, I voted to leave. And the interviewer's like, uh, but, bruh. <laughs> he's like, I didn't really consider my business. And he's like, what do you mean? <laughs> what were you considering? Like, Oh, it's okay. We'll have another vote in two weeks. No, that's not the way this works. Like you fucked it. You fucked it. This is this is how it is now. Like. Ugh.
2: And the, the next thing that's really really sort of going to be interesting is the Scottish independence because we yes. so we had elections last week for that's right mayors like some city mayors like the city the London mayor but also the Scottish Parliament had their elections as did in Wales and well, um, yeah yeah. yeah. And they basically returned a majority for uh, Scotland, like independence SNP. parties.
0: The SNP. Yeah,
2: yeah, but they they've got a few other ones that are sort of like were on that mandate of, of independence. So the UK union is a big big topic at the moment. I think it's going to be one to watch. I think play out.
0: Well, I don't think legally Wales can separate because Wales is a principality, not a nation. But Scotland can do its referendums. Uh, I think Wales and Northern Ireland are kind of stuck in the same spot, but I think Scotland can do its referendums like they've done in the past because of the Act of union of 1545. Oh, anyway, something like that. Mm-hmm. They have legal precedent to back out.
2: Well, this is a question. They don't know if they do. So, the moment, I think the first thing I think Nicola well, Sturgeon, which is the leader, she's going to look at whether they have the legal powers to hold a referendum without the permission of government in London.
0: Well, they, that, that's the that's the interest. So, this is this is this is fascinating to me because I live in a province that tried to separate from our country. With no real legal basis to do so and no real understanding of what it would have. Well, the legal basis they used was the British North America Act, but they didn't realize that what they would have gotten isn't the province of Quebec. As you see it on a map now, they would have got 100 miles either side of the St. Lawrence River and they would have had to really discuss with the United States about that because, you know, most of that's Vermont. Um, But um, the act of union The interesting thing is that that's the kind of precedent the SNP uses, that they signed in to join the UK, so they should be able to leave. But the fact is that the Act of Union was signed by the King of Scotland, which there there is no longer a king. Well, it's Queen Elizabeth right now. There's no longer a, a separate monarch. So no elected body can technically, legally overrule that. Like the Queen would have to... And let's be honest, the Queen's not dumb. Like, if the people voted that they wanted to leave, she would probably... She, but I think at the end of the day, she would have to sign for Scotland to leave the Union. I think is the legal quandary. Because the people of Scotland never entered into the Act of Union. The King of Scotland did. Isn't that crazy when you have that kind of legal... You still
1: have that kind of legal power um as a monarch um because that's not something that we're really familiar with despite the fact that we are still part of the commonwealth um most much Canadians like
0: are our parliament less than a decade ago
1: yeah I know but uh, yes but also people are not fully aware of like this common sentiment in Canada is like you know the monarchy is dead why are we having this yeah. still and and I'm still a firm supporter of the monarchy, of a constitutional monarchy, of what we currently have in Canada. Um, but that, I find that I find that fascinating.
0: It was um, it was, um, you know, I, it is a, I guess we should say to Jin our condolences. Uh, yes. Philip, yes. Philip, Prince Philip passing on the Crown Prince. Um, you know, I, I
2: met him before. It was hilarious. I've met yeah, Charles.
0: So never met Philip.
2: So they Charles have this. A, they have an award. He set up this award scheme here called the Duke of Edinburgh Award. We have, like we have, have levels. Nearest, we have the Duke of Edinburgh. Oh yeah. Edinburgh. yeah. So to get the gold award is pretty tough. It takes like years to do it. But if you get it, you get to go to the palace, um, and he was the actual one that went around and, and sort of spoke to people on the day that I went. And it was so funny because he, you sort of stand in these semicircles in like two of two rows so that you can come and address the group like quickly around everyone. And he asked our group, does that, did anyone go abroad for their award? And this girl went I genuinely, she said, Oh, I went to Wales and he he just clapped back and was like, "That's not exactly abroad. Do they not teach you geography these days?" And then he just got <laughs> And then I think he just defaulted because there's a guy that was in his military uniform on the end, and he just went and spoke to him, and then left our group. And I was like, "Well done, mate. You've ruined it for us all."
0: I've actually I've, I've met Charles twice. Uh, once was at the D, uh, the the. Um anyway, it was at an event in Holland and then again at, a, at the 150th anniversary of Canada. And he actually, I was with the same guy that we'd met Charles previously. And he remembered both of us out of a crowd of like 15 people. Really? Which wow. I thought was incredible because those, these guys, th- these royals must meet so many people. Yeah. you
1: must have that must be a practice art to be able to remember a face I'm, and a i'm name. entirely
0: certain like i don't know if you've seen the bbc hbo production uh rome that came out in like the early 2000s but like caesar whenever Heard he talks it. to people he like leans over to his slave and his slave reminds him who somebody is and who their wife is and blah blah, blah. like i'm sure that's a lot of what it is but uh, i see i'm sure they have people that do research that tells them they just know who's who yeah oh,
2: massively. We have a, every year there's like a sort of, it's called the Royal Variety Performance and they just, the Queen like, or oh, a Royal Member attends and they have different sort of
0: variety GFR, acts. like completely offends their sensibilities.
2: Yeah. <laughs> but at the end, they always have like a lineup of the performers and the Queen goes down the line and she definitely has someone like on her, like, like ahead of her and sort of like introduces them.
0: That Royal Variety Performance has some of, like my favorite because i watch the big fat quiz every year um big fat quiz of everything at the end of the year because it's on youtube in our mm-hmm. country because we can't watch it on bbc um someone uploads it like the next day and it and has some with of the a best, VPN. it has some of the best little anecdotes like jack whitehall i remember at one point the queen's like and what do you do <laughs> just like i was on the show like i did the thing in front of you <laughs> like, like. oh man oh.
2: I watched some of the funeral like a little bit of it and I actually got a bit sad because like when you sort of watch it and you're like oh gosh this is literally I'm watching someone's like granddad's funeral it was actually quite really sad whether
0: you like the royal family or not and and poor Lizzie I mean she's what 96
2: now yeah and she had to sit on her own as well Yeah.
0: yeah that was very telling and she, had to, and she had to do this the, the British stiff upper lip. Like she couldn't even cry at her husband's own funeral. She had to
2: Yeah. And I think regardless yeah, of what you did. think of the royal family, like any death is very sad, especially because, um, like, for John like it's very sad. Yes, the man
0: yes, the man was ninety nine years old. Yes, he'd lived a full life, but it doesn't mean it's not tragic when they pass, and it's not a loss and a and a vacancy for everyone involved. Yeah, it was it was heartbreaking. I've never seen yeah, the Queen look vulnerable like she did there, sitting on her own. But she
2: was back in action two days ago, because our parliament came to its natural sort of... I can't, there's like a specific term... Oh, I should know this word. Is it Proroguing. Proroging. yeah, yeah.
0: Because we had that about a decade ago, our parliament got prorogued by the governor general, but uh, through the queen.
2: No, that's not the right word. But basically, that our government everything stopped. Yeah, and then they restart it. So two days yeah. ago, she was in parliament, um, and she did the queen's speech to open parliament. So she's back working. It's mad. Oh
0: yeah, I mean she has to, right? She's gonna her. her I remember when our governor general at the time, when, when, uh, when there was the earthquake in Haiti in 2010, our governor general was of Haitian descent, and she was on the news weeping uh, for the people of Haiti, uh, and it then became public that she got a strongly worded letter from the queen reminding her that her father didn't cry during the Blitz, and that she's a representative of the royals, and she shall maintain a stiff upper lip. Wow. Good for her. Yeah,
1: that's interesting. I, like, I I gotta say, I like that. I like I that like kind of.
0: Like, let's be honest. You need it, to have a little bit people, of stoicism. As much as people may have an issue with the monarchy, like they, you know, the uh, King George, they wanted to evacuate him from England. He refused to go and refused to let his yeah. family leave. And he was the kind of like the monarchy became the national symbol around which the Britons rallied. Like you can't take that away from them. That's they were out in the tunnels of the of the metros and in the in the bomb shelters talking to people. Lizzie went to visit the people in the hospital after all the terrorist attacks. I say yeah. all of the as if there was like a million of them, but after the Manchester bombing and the knife attack and stuff, like the Queen goes and visits people in the hospital. Yeah. It's Well it's, she served in the Second World War. Yeah, she served. Yeah. yeah. She was a mechanic.
1: That's right.
0: Yeah. And uh, Charles was a was a a, um, a captain of a, um, a ship in the Falklands War. Yeah. Harry did two tours of Afghanistan and one tour of Iraq. <laughs> William was a search and rescue pilot. Like they all serve. And they're, you want to talk kind of about like a, real kind of leadership, like the, the backbone of the nation. You know, like people yeah. rally around them in times of crisis. You talk I, about I, I don't know real about leadership. I tune into the Queen's address every year at New Year's. Yeah.
1: Huh. I think everybody does. It's funny you say that, being that you're from La Belle Provence, but you're you're huh. you're a diehard uh, monarchy fan. I like that. No, it's no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not being sarcastic or anything. I am pointing it. I think some th- irony. I think the
0: people I think the people that disagree with the monarchy don't understand what it does. So. A lot yes. of people disagree with the monarchy, disagree with their tax dollars paying for the monarchy. But the simple fact is, if the, if the, they are private citizens who have land ownership rights in England uh, and, and Scotland, um, but they lease all of that property for zero dollars for the benefit of the people. Uh, not they don't own the entire island, but they own vast tracts of what modern London sits on. They own vast tracts of 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 of, of um, farmland. And the prophets, like historically, ever since King George II uh, during the American Revolution, lost the American Revolution and was broke, signed that over to the people so that he could get out of some debts that he had. Uh, And it's just been a tradition ever since that that land gets signed over to the people. So if the the British government ever decided they're going to depose the monarchy and they're going to like stop paying their stipend, which is basically nothing. The, the the royal family can just take back that land and and then like a lot of people are up shit's creek like cuz they're private citizens of the UK still they they can take back that land and 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 let's not even let's not forget the amount of tourist dollars that come into the UK to see castles actually inhabited by real life monarchs and nobody gives yeah. a shit about french castles because they'll get their heads cut off right like yeah. it's 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 the royal family is um uh in my opinion um a moral and ethical kind of like something to g- gather around as a as a nation but also an economic boon to to old blighty uh, a rainy yeah. isle on the opposite side of the ocean that's crazy
1: i i it is like uh, that to me it I never really heard I, I kind of knew all this stuff, but it's it's interesting how you frame it and put it in those words. And it just it kind of opens your eyes up a little bit more. It's like, yeah, it's from a um, from a leadership perspective, from a rallying people to a common goal towards a common end. It's, you know, the the monarchy is as British as going to the pub in the rain, you know,
2: <laughs> you
1: at the post office that's right or a queue at the post office I think that is uh, I I like that like when that goes when that goes we're in trouble
2: yeah well governments come and go you're you're right it's it's a steadfast sort of thing in public life it's gonna be super
1: yeah go ahead sorry
2: it's gonna be super interesting what happens like because there's been so much in the media about the royal family of like Meg it. they called it, and, and then her interview yes. well, their interview with Oprah, and it's all kicking <laughs> off. And yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens when as if um, the royals
0: are the only ones with in laws' problems, <laughs> right? <laughs> but like,
2: also, the fact that the crown is now touching on more modern history, I think, is going to cause issues as well.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I, I feel like they're going to take some care to be respectful, because, like, Philip's dead now. It was all well and good when he was alive, but...
2: I don't know, because they said that there was only going to be one more series, and now they've said that I think, I heard that there's going to be two. So they're really going to be encroaching on sort of modern history now, so... How far have they one...
0: gotten in the show? I, I stopped watching after the kind of halfway through the second season. Um,
2: They've got to the sort of early years of Princess Diana
0: Mm. Uh, yeah that one's going to be okay yeah
2: so the the last series has sort of touched on her meeting Charles the marriage and sort of looking at her sort of eating disorders and things like that
0: I mean they spared no like they had no mercy on uh, uh, Lizzie's sister Margaret? Margaret, I think. Margaret, yeah. And they didn't take much mercy on Anne either.
1: Lizzie kinda stands alone. Elizabeth stands alone, it seems. I think it's gonna be a very difficult situation when when she passes. I mean her mother lived to be what, a hundred and two, the Queen Mum? Yeah, I mean, to, all be point
0: to Lizzie being immortal, but <laughs>
1: But, like, I don't know. She's just a different kind of caliber of human being. And when that goes,
0: I don't know. You can't forget, in, in my opinion, as an outsider, I think Lizzie's long reign has been to the benefit of the British people. I mean, you got to remember, yes. she, she reigned over essentially the collapse of the British Empire. When, yeah. when Britain went from the most powerful nation on Earth to oh, third or fourth-ish, you know now, um, she she kept the people together through multiple crises, um, massive technological changes. Um, the world is a vastly different place now than when she was. In. No kidding. The same age as my grandfather. I mean, they were they were both born in the twenties. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, to have that like that nugget of solidity in your country has got to feel good.
2: Yeah, there's yeah. lots of people as well that, that even where they, they like the monarchy, they just really, really hate Prince Charles. There's like people that just want them to skip over him and go straight to William. It's go pretty straight brutal. to William, yeah.
0: Charles abdicate for William, yeah.
2: Yeah. It wouldn't ever happen, though. I don't no, think why, he's...
0: Why would, why would you he ever... He
2: definitely that? wants his role. Yeah, of
0: yeah. course he does. He's been He was born to be a king. And as far as he's concerned, he probably should have been doing it 20 years ago. Like, Nobody, the queen on her, um, was it her platinum jubilee, the last one? Her end of the year. Was it diamond or was it platinum? Whatever the last one, diamond. Um, (laughs) But in her speech, she said, like, nobody, when she was born, she never would have imagined a diamond jubilee. They actually had to think of what it would be. You know, she, and she mentioned that in her speech that, like, she never would have imagined living this long because that's just not a thing that happened in the 20s, you know?
2: Yeah, that celebration was so sick. I don't know if you saw, they had like so, like, did. all of the old fashioned like military boats, like, and like replica, even down to like little rowing boats from like the 1600s. They had this massive flotilla go down the Thames. It's mad. If you get a chance to have a look online, like, Google their well,
0: um, you know what, I'm doing when we hang up now because <laughs> <Like>, <laughs> I'm definitely every year. Every
1: year when they break out the RAF uh, for the anniversary of the Battle of Britain, that's always a real treat.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a it's a shame, Cap uh, Colonel Tom died. Uh, yes. Sir Colonel Tom. That's me. right. He was knighted. That's right. Yeah, uh, and promoted. Uh, and the most recent knighthood I think was Sir Lewis Hamilton, but they were knighted. I think Sir Colonel Tom was knighted earlier. And he passed away just relatively recently, didn't he?
2: Yeah, and people were kicking off about that as well. <laughs> people love to kick off here because he got gifted a trip to Barbados from British Airways.
0: Oh no! Went right. to Barbados, and Oh, he did go.
2: Yeah, he got it, and and that he he went, and they think that's how he got COVID from the travelling. Mm-hmm.
0: The man was a hundred. He didn't have that much longer anyway. At least he went to Barbados. He he got to he got to live some of his final days on a beach, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm sure he didn't care too much. I don't think the old people care that much about this pandemic as we think they do. Because like I, like I say, like just this is just anecdotal evidence from my own. <laughs> That's grandfather, a hot take. <laughs> no, like like no no. But from my own grandfather, 96 years old, he says that illnesses killed people his entire life. Like if this Mm -hmm. one gets him, it does. And you know, my grandmother died in November, December. So he's alone now. All his friends are dead. He doesn't really, I talked to him today for about 45 minutes on the phone. just before this call. So I was a bit late, but he doesn't really care. Like he's just kind of whatever, you know, if it's, tell
2: you what I have noticed with old people though, now they've all had their bloody second dose of their jab because most people, like will have had like over the age of like 50 60 will have had it they boom around the supermarket they do not care about social distancing anymore and all the young people they're
0: like
2: like, get back
0: yeah
1: if polio isn't gonna kill me this fucking thing won't
0: (laughs) well they went through polio and thalidomide babies and all that nonsense yeah that's right
1: Yeah, and they went and saw the Rolling Stones in Toronto 20 years ago when did, they were still able to dance. <laughs> did all the drugs. Yeah.
2: Well, From the last nice
1: sars cov outbreak.
2: It's quite nice to see that at the weekend they started trialing like big venues. So they had like a... Um, big gig last week of a thousand people in, in Liverpool of all places oh, <laughs> oh wow
0: was, like, it down, was it down in the cavern club like everyone just breathing <laughs> no. in each other's Covid well it has yeah, to be had Liverpool it...
2: yeah they it's a
0: city that you can take the experiment on because like if you have to lock it down
2: eh
1: <laughs> well i mean think about it you got football teams but you also it's the origin of the beatles that's where
0: you know beatlemania the, the
1: uh, crowd came the out. cavern
0: club which is like the the kind of big uh, music thing there no we uh actually in canada um so we still have nhl going on but you can't go visit and the canadian teams don't go to the u.s and vice versa they they, they all stay here uh, and we've canceled the formula one grand prix in canada this year again Two years in a row, so we're not ready for big events yet. We're not having it.
2: Well, we had major. I mean, football drama the other the other week. I don't know. It did, I probably no. didn't.
0: Is it is it is it Arsenal?
2: And there was like three teams. No, this is definitely not my subject. So there I'm was the whole
0: Premier League or something that I, I I wasn't entirely sure what was going on.
2: Yeah, so there was like a few clubs that were trying to make some sort of like European Super League. Yeah. And the fans were not happy, and then it was all like sort of it was all kicking off in the, in the news, and then like Manchester United fans like just did this mad protest and like storms the stadium in yes. protest yes. against this like dealings of the Super League. But I think all of the teams have dropped out of it now. But I think the idea is that you are a to
1: you're a wank.
2: <laughs> They're going to get some of the best teams from like Spain, France, yeah. maybe France I don't know. The
0: UK to make You're never going to let the French in to play with you Come on now You let them into six nations and they almost won one year And then they're, they it nearly burned down the entire European continent so <laughs> You let the Italians <laughs> in because they're scrawny And easy to kick around
1: Now it's starting to all make sense That's why Brexit happened
0: <laughs> England and France don't like each other? Shock <laughs> <laughs>
2: It's not. Here's a factoid for you. Think how well traveled I am around the world. I've never been to Paris. <laughs> you can go on the train from London and it's only like an hour and a half. <laughs> I've never been from
0: Paris to London. It takes like two hours. Wow. <laughs>
2: I've never been. <laughs> Is there,
1: okay, sorry. Because,
0: because, because whether or not you identify it within yourself, uh, Jin, you are a Briton and you just despise the french you just can't do it you can't have it
2: <laughs> no I love, I love french people it's just also, one of the, places problem, the just only problem game. in my
0: experience having been three times the only problem with paris is the parisians
2: yeah i think it's okay. a case of you take for granted what's on your doorstep
0: that's definitely true i mean there's so many people in canada that are you know the last summer there was someone wrote an article about uh having visited all these places in canada they'd never been to before, despite living, you know, within a four-hour drive, because they didn't right. have any options to go anywhere else. Uh, internal tourism <laughs> yeah. has expanded a lot.
2: What are Canadians like? with geography generally because one of my favorite things to look at the moment is there's this guy that goes on is it called amigo where you it's like chat roulette where you just talk to randoms and when americans come on he's like "Hey, you american they're like yeah and he's like are you are you clever and they're like yeah i'm smart and then they'd be like name five countries in europe and they'll go like paris
0: oh god no <laughs> and no i think we're weird. actually pretty good because we actually had to study so when i was a kid in school We had to learn, not only did we have to learn all 10 provinces and three territories in their capitals, we had to learn all 50 US states in their capitals. And then we learned all about the United Kingdom, uh, France, Ireland, a little bit of Spain. But once you go east of kind of Italy, we get a little bit lost. Yeah. It's a little bit sketchy. As soon as you hit those Baltics, you're fucked. <laughs> the Baltics and the Balkans, the balls. Yes. that's where everything falls apart. It's because when we were kids, it was all one country, and now it's like fucking six of them.
1: That's right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, we don't learn too much about Africa. We learn a little bit about Rhodesia, South Africa, uh, and the. But it's not called Rhodesia with- anymore, is it? No, it's uh, Zimbabwe now. I think. That's right. Right. That's but we learn a bit it about Rhodesia, South Africa, and the problems with apartheid government. We don't learn a whole lot about anything south of Mexico. Like, all of South America is a bit of an enigma to most Canadians, I think. Unless they go there and make Oh my god.
2: I've just read and it. We know I tell you, a no. very good way to learn about all of the countries east of Italy.
0: They Do you know what week yeah. it is?
2: The Eurovision Song Contest is this week, I think.
0: Yeah, but you guys don't let us in. You let Australia in, and you don't let us in.
2: That's because they love it and they have parties and respect it.
0: I'm sending you a video and they have by superior our accents. very own Mr. Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> and they have
2: <laughs> superior access. Wasn't it Ryan Reynolds that bought a random football club here?
0: No, he yeah. has a
1: gin company.
0: I'm is it pretty gin? Sure. Or is
1: it... No, it's not Buck. It's... Yeah, you're right, it's gin. What is he saying? Oh, God. It's a video from Mr. Ryan Reynolds. Oh, of course. He's dressed up like Deadpool.
2: Yeah, he did. He bought, literally, he bought a football team. He might have. He has a lot they of had money. A, but, of like, a football team of a random town in Wales called Wrexham. They made a two million investment, him and Rob, Rob McKelly. I don't know how you say his surname.
1: Our generous <laughs> gift of Celine Dion alone
0: should have gotten us an invite. That's fucking hilarious. Because <laughs> I actually went back and watched, after watching the Will Ferrell movie about Eurovision, which is hilarious, um, I went back and watched all the the winners of Eurovision, and Celine Dion has won Eurovision, but she yeah, but won she did it under a Swiss flag. Yeah,
2: she did for Switzerland.
0: She's yeah. a national fucking treasure. So Lynn <laughs> Dion's won Eurovision, and yet we can't be in. We've had a winner already, and we can't even do the thing. We have a free trade agreement with the EU. Sorry, Britain. But, like, <laughs> we, we have one. Why can't we sing the songs? You let Israel in to do a chicken dancing. Israel's not Europe. You let the Russians in. That one's debatable. The Aussies yes. sure as shit aren't. Right. <laughs> like,
2: Oh, oh, man. God. I'm not going to lie. It's my absolute guilty pleasure. Well, not guilty pleasure. I actually I, love it. So, have Eurovision. you seen the
0: movie on uh, Netflix? Yeah. Feral. And Rachel McAdams. So too. Yeah.
2: And if you're a super Eurovision fan, like at that party that they have in, in it, there, there's so like, many. So the famous so, the guy with the beard
0: like a girl was a Eurovision finalist. The guy with the fiddle yeah. was the guy from Norway that plays the. Um,
2: Alexander Rybak. Yeah. yeah,
0: and the, the Israeli chick that did the chicken dance thing, she was there. She comes in. Like, they're all, like, actual Eurovision people. I think that's pretty cool.
2: Yeah, I actually love it. And it's always fun to, like, guess what countries are going to give points because every year, like, ooh, who is Cyprus going to give 12 points to? Could it Why be does Greece?
0: Cyprus get 12 points, by the way?
2: Because they get 12 points from Greece, uh, obviously. I,
1: uh, I'm still watching this video. He's like, and all the power power of our military, and I have to legally use air quotes. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna have to play this on the podcast just to include it. This is this is brilliant.
0: <laughs> Eurovision's beauty, though, it's like all it's like all the beauty of the Olympics, with like, I guess what people like about. X Factor or whatever those nonsense shows are, but like you get all nationalistic about it, which is like it's real dangerous when Germany gets loud. But other than that, everyone's cool with <laughs> <about> it.
2: <laughs> so you think how many amazing British musical artists there have been historically? Like for our little country, we but pump is- out some seriously good music, and we have not won it since 1976 yeah, but everybody is- fucking hates us.
0: Isn't there a rule that you can't enter, like like the Beatles wouldn't have been able to do it, because they're like a internationally signed? Isn't there a rule that you have to be you can't no, enter anybody? Rule,
2: you, rule is, I don't think I think the rule is that you can you can't enter with a song that hasn't that has been previously released, so it has to be a song for that year.
0: Why didn't you guys but bring we, like, Queen or Oasis or somebody? In?
2: We did have there's a there was a boy band here called Blue that was quite popular in the like noughties that represented us, um, but they didn't do very well. And the only reason we're any only in the final because there's five countries called the Big Five that pay loads of money, and then yeah. it means that they don't have to go in the semi-finals; they just go straight to the final, which the UK does because we commit a lot of money to the European broadcasting a corporation which nothing, is separate from the EU. No, nothing it's separate more. to the EU. So um, it means that we still get to be in the final without going through the the rounds.
1: I ha- honestly yeah. have no idea what the fuck this thing is. Dude, but... the year of it? Okay. Oh No 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 let me finish. All all you're let gonna me do. finish. Listen, listen the fact listen that me, Deadpool
0: is do. doing an ad for it, I'm in. <laughs> all you're gonna do after this or tomorrow, because you're very tired, when you have an hour and a half away from the kids You're gonna go on Netflix and you're gonna watch the movie Eurovision. Okay. And it's Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams being like Iceland in Eurovision, and it gives a pretty good idea of what it actually is. Okay.
2: Okay. Okay. But this, but then I feel like you find that film more funny if you know what Eurovision is and you've seen it. But anyway, it's this Saturday.
0: Well, I've seen it. You and I watched it together when I was in England like three years ago. Hey, if we yeah, get the chance, so you guys want to sit
1: down and watch it? Like we could do we could do a podcast on it if you want. But Fun do them. you know
2: how long this shit is? It's like the Olympic opening ceremony. It will start at like eight and finish at like eleven or twelve. Oh,
1: fuck that. We're not doing a marathon. It's I, like the I American got, Idol, I Idol finals, bro. You can't,
2: can't I'm telling you what you could that. do. You could podcast some of the results because sure. that would be good on your time. But that that's
0: Croatia funny because they basically been- six votes to Serbia. Ah, still making mm-hmm. up for that Yugoslav war. And yes. six votes to Spain. And it's always like the most random people. Like nobody knows who these people are on the TV giving the votes away. It's hilarious. And learned-
2: then there's countries but as well that appear thing. that no one like knows what it is. So like some of like the tiny, tiny, tiny little countries like, um,
0: Montenegro gives, it's like,
2: who the fuck are you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Macedonia. And oh, it's so good. <laughs> I love your origin. And there's always, they always like compliment. They're trying to like rattle through it quite quickly. And there'll always be some like beautiful like girl from like Azerbaijan, and she'd be like, "Greetings from Azerbaijan. Firstly, I want to thank you for putting on such a great show. Can I just say, you host, you look so beautiful." And they're like, "Get the fuck up!
0: (laughs) Give us your votes.
2: Timing
0: slots, motherfucker."
2: (laughs) Do you know who we had reading out our points like last year? I think it was we had Nigella Lawson. Who the hell is that? She's like this. Oh, you don't know who Angela Lawson is?
0: I mean, I might oh, if I saw her.
2: No way, you are missing out. She I does. She's like her. a. She does like a cooking show, but she is like a sort of middle-aged woman. But she's like a little bit sexy, and she always like glances I, at the camera and stuff. I 100 know who you
0: mean now. Yeah, I know exactly <laughs> yeah. who you mean. <laughs> but yeah,
2: she, she. We like other countries tend to have someone really glamorous. And then we we put out, like, just sort of people that British people like, it's quite funny, that, like, aren't the singers.
0: Because <laughs> didn't ABBA make their name doing Eurovision? Isn't that where they got big internationally?
2: Yeah, yeah, massively. I think Waterloo was their song. Yeah. I'm just Googling, like, famous Eurovision winners. But then it'd be interesting because some of these just could be famous in the UK, but not not globally.
0: Well, Celine Zion and ABBA, we know who they are, so...
2: Yeah. I feel like ABBA might have done it twice, actually. I don't know. But I, it doesn't annoy me, though, because we have so much musical talent here, and some of the acts that we put out I, aren't good.
0: Yeah, but, it, well, it's not just that. I think it's the democratisation of Eurovision and the general... Like, the UK is, in a lot of ways, seen as, like, the America of Europe, so... Like, I think it's just like, because if we had, like, um, if we had, like, a Pan-America vision, because you won't let us Eurovision, like us, Mexico, Guatemala, Hala, Honduras, and all them, all the way down to Argentina, uh, the you Americans would never win, sim- the win simply because yeah. we can just, like, all our little countries can actually feel important for once and, like, vote against them. And we'd be like, no, America, you never get to do anything. You
2: We did it one This entire point.
0: thing, but you'll never win. <laughs>
2: we did put at one point like a really funny actor in you should google i think they're called like fast food rockers sorry i tell you what Fox, a good yeah. video i'll send you a good video to get a sense of, of what your vision is okay. so when the when sweden won they then hosted it and they do like a half time show and their um previous winner called man zemelo and their other host, they did like an absolute spoof of all of the Eurovision songs. So like joking about all the gimmicks that people put in their songs to try and get ah. points. So I'll send you that video. It's really funny.
0: Okay. that's I'm yeah. looking for, Jin?
2: Yeah. It's tragic.
0: Love it.
1: Yeah. You'll have to send that. I'll definitely take a look. Um, um, we're, we're at an hour and 25 here. We should start thinking about we're, wrapping up. Uh, we're approaching what three in
0: the morning for you, Jin. Yeah
2: yeah
0: yeah we should probably uh yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that jen i got carried away <laughs> no it's okay no I'm it's
0: we got jen on eurovision and that was the last 20 minutes it's amazing though
2: i it's will to talk about eurovision for days i love it so much i'm gonna send you this video well,
0: well, you'll have to that do that we'll that have that. to find a way because there's certain programs you can use where you can share cast because we can't watch Eurovision here like it's not broadcast here and there's no way for us to watch it because we can't get BBC TV or anything or sky or or whatever the hell you guys want with that attitude you can't get a VPN bro uh, uh, <laughs> BBC
1: shuts down the VPN I tried no it works for me when I uh, go and watch formula
0: one on uh, formula One weekends. I have my F1 app. They, that's Sky. BBC is smart about VPNs. They know. Uh, I
2: see. Yeah, don't you be stealing our BBC. Uh, have our British Crowley, I have to pay. I have to pay on of something something
0: thousands
2: yeah.
1: for that. I'm just getting my penance back after years of colonization and yeah, oppression. Yeah, but it's
0: yeah. <laughs> you victimized us, the crown. <laughs> how dare you oh, say the land of natural beauty and infinite resources <laughs> it's not fair give us my sherlock when it comes out instead of making me wait fucking eight months for it to come on netflix not right. Fair. Um, right
2: tell you what my last little comment of the day and uh, your wife will like this one you should tell her to watch a bbc program called motherland if she's not seen it she will
1: probably find it pretty funny She's uh, she's into that kind of stuff too. So yeah, I'll, I'll I'll tell her to give a look.
2: The trials and tribulations of being a working mother.
1: <laughs> yes, I can imagine. It's yeah. Pretty funny. All right, Jen. Well, this right, was cheers, uh, this was an absolute pleasure. This was great. Uh, we should definitely do this again sometime because uh, it's always a real treat having you back on.
0: It's, uh, it's you're doing great minus one flipper. It'll be back. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I'm sorry, I, I, I yeah, took the podcast into it, talking about taxes. It very boring. I'm very no, sorry. No,
1: no, no, no. It's fine as long as it's organic. We're all
0: good, and we can, yeah, it we can make like it. Build a roller so You got to start at the bottom and slowly build up to Eurovision. You know, you exactly. got to start with taxes, and then you finish with Eurovision. Everyone's happy. Yeah, that's maybe exactly I should explain
2: it. the podcast just about Eurovision. <laughs> I
0: was, yes. I was going to
1: say, I was going to say that uh, you know I. I, I wasn't going to do a big whole summary or anything like that, but you just did it beautifully. So there we go. Uh, I think <laughs> that's good. That's great. Um all right. Let's uh let's sign out. I'm Rox. You're Cognac. I'm you Cognac. Say your name.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and and thanks Jen. again,
1: Jen. Thanks again, Jen. All right. No see you guys later.
0: Bye. Bye. Could you be dressed any more Canadian?
1: recognize this particular number from the opening credits and Majestic Gallop, King Arthur and his coconuts. Yes, this is the opening number to Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Fun fact about John Cleese, he's actually quite the philanthropist. Or at least a thinker and not just a screenwriter, comedian, actor, producer. Not that those things aren't important. Anyway, I've included for your leisure a talk he gave back in the early 90s on creativity and management. A quick description. John Cleese claims that creativity is not a special talent. People are either in an open or closed state of mind. The closed mode enables people to apply themselves to tasks with vigor and concentration. The open mode is more relaxed and conducive to creative thinking. Cleese talks about how leaders can induce an open mode And their team members and established confidence in them to accept that there is a succession of learning steps on the road to total quality. Well, if that doesn't just fascinate you, I don't know what will. Link is in the description. Check it out. I think it's actually pretty cool. Anyway. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your weekly dose of Whiskey and Rocks. Ugh, not so weekly, is it? Whether it's Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can help us out even more if you spread the word and share us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. We are at Whiskey and Rocks1. All links are in the description. Thanks again for listening and stay tuned for more 320 Club. <music>